Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out today's podcast. I am so appreciative of your time. I am so appreciative of your attention. It really means so much to me. And, you know, when it comes to these faith-only episodes like the one you're going to listen to today, I just ask that uh, my Christian friends out there, I hope you guys give me a little bit of grace, man. Just, uh, you know, I'm just a regular guy that loves Jesus, just trying to get his name out there a little bit more. And so if you could give me a little bit of latitude, uh, it is much appreciative to my non-Christian friends out there. I really, truly, sincerely hope that uh, I'm not so much of a goober, so much of a bonehead when it comes to this, that it turns you off from the faith or anything like that. I pray that somehow, some way, your heart might be softened so that maybe you get some laughs, maybe you get some, you know, some, some whatevers, but in the end... You know, it uh, it doesn't turn you away from the Christian faith. And so, with that being said, you know, these faith-only episodes, I am by no means a content creator when it comes to these type of segments. I am a lot more of a, I'm a lot more of a curator of content where I'm really just trying to not so much formulate my own thoughts per se, but just kind of collect thoughts from people that are a lot smarter than I am, people that have been formally studying this stuff for a really long time, and then you know, and then kind of sprinkle in my own my own flavors here and there. But for the most part, you know, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to finance, I pride myself on creating original content. When it comes to faith, though, I'm not even going to try to do something that I know that I am not equipped to do. So with that being said, I really hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. I'll see you. F-Cubed Podcast, we are back. And I wanted to do a faith-only piece for you guys because this is something that was in my mind actually ever since I recorded that episode. I guess it was probably a few episodes ago now with the circular or a circular approach to applying the gospel in your daily life. So if you guys go back, it was probably a few episodes ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago when I did that piece about applying the gospel in my daily life and how I viewed it very much as being circular in fashion. And I talked about, you know, reading the word and submitting my prayer requests to God, you know, my dreams, my aspirations, and then doing my best. And then the key to the whole process for me and kind of the revelation I had I had had before, just before that podcast, was resubmitting back to God. So kind of the final piece to the puzzle or the final point on the circle. Well, you know, the the first thing I want to say is I definitely left prayer out of that, uh, that circular approach. And that absolutely has a place in that circle. And so I don't know, I'd have to go back and listen to that podcast. Maybe I did mention it. You know, in this moment, I feel like I probably forgot, actually. And so let me go ahead and, and without having to redo that whole podcast, let me make a quick edit or amendment to that circle. And let me be really clear that prayer absolutely has a home in that circle. 
And you know, it's kind of funny. I'm actually going to do do a segment or probably multiple segments kind of on the power of prayer and kind of what prayer means to me and why I feel like it's so important. You know, I mean, one of the questions I had without getting into this rabbit hole too deep, one of the questions I had for so many years and still have to some degree to this day is why do my prayers matter? Like if if God really is, you know, omnipotent and omniscient and omni fill in the blank, you know, if he's got all the omnis covered, well, why do my prayers even matter? Like why why should I even bother praying when God's got his mind made up anyway? And so that that's an interesting question that I think a lot of people have. And I'm not even going to pretend like I have, you know, the answer to that question. But I do have a very interesting, at least interesting to me, you guys may not feel it's that interesting at all, but I think I have kind of an interesting take on that whole thing. But I'm going to leave that for a separate, for a separate podcast. But prayer has a home in that circle for sure. And I actually heard, so when we were in Charlotte, we used to attend, we never really found a church home that we felt really comfortable at, but we spent a lot of time at Forest Hill, which is a great church, just a very gospel-centered message, and it was really, really great. And the lead pastor there, Dave Chadwick, used to say, and I don't know if this was his thing or if he pulled it from somebody else, but he used to say, I don't usually pray for 30 minutes, but I don't usually go 30 minutes without praying. And when I heard him say that, this was years ago now, this was like five, six, seven, eight years ago. When I heard him say that, I'm like, wow, that's crazy, man. Like you're taking this stuff like way too seriously. You know, you're praying like way too often. That's unnecessary, right? That's over the top, like slow your roll, dude. Like nobody needs to pray that much. And it's funny because now that I've just grown so much in my walk and, you know, my heart has undergone a total transformation I actually agree with that like it's it's crazy and I don't think I pray every 30 minutes I certainly don't but I pray multiple times per day almost every day now and it has had a profound impact on me and so I just wanted to you know kind of talk about that in reference to the circular thing from a couple weeks ago since today's segment is very circular in nature in terms of how we might apply the gospel to our daily lives so I wanted to mention that But this whole business about the daily application of the gospel being circular in nature is very, very interesting to me. It's interesting to me because of, you know, all the reasons I shared in the podcast a couple of weeks ago and submission and and prayer and being in the word and resubmission and all that stuff. But it's even more interesting to me because of something that my wife actually brought to my attention. And as I was kind of sharing my idea of the gospel being circular in nature to her a few weeks ago, she said, you know, Jim, it's actually not only is it circular, but it's kind of like a snowball. She said, it's kind of like a snowball where it builds over time. And I heard her say that and I'm like, wow, that's really, really good. That's so good because it's so true, man. I mean, not only is it a circle, but it's an expanding circle. Not only is it a circle, but you know, you gain momentum over time. And I think I'll probably title this podcast gospel momentum 
because that is just so true, man. I mean, you know, if you if you take the circular thing that I shared a couple weeks ago and you, you know, use it in your own walk or you, you know, edit that or kind of make that your own and use that as some kind of a foundation, then even with that in place, you know, you can take what I'm going to share here today and maybe this will give you a new way to think about the gospel. Maybe this will give you a new, you know, appreciation for the gospel and for Jesus, honestly, in that it is very snowball-esque in nature because there is a tremendous amount of momentum that built up over time. And the way I like to think about this is through the Christological lens. And so you may have heard the term Christological lens before. You may not have heard that term before. And so the word Christological in its traditional form, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, but I think I've got this one down. The Christological lens was oftentimes used to describe the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament, at least in terms of Jesus being the separator between the two. And so everyone in the Old Testament was hearing the prophecy of Jesus. They were waiting for Jesus' arrival. They were waiting for this Messiah to come and fulfill all the things that were being foretold, all the things that were being prophesied. And so they were looking forward to Jesus in the hope that he would come. So their view through the Christological lens was very forward-looking. But if you then fast-forward to the New Testament... You know, specifically after Jesus' death and resurrection. Now it's a very different perspective that everyone has. Right? All the gospel writers and, you know, everyone in that time. They were now looking back on Jesus' life. They were now looking back on Jesus' death and resurrection. Not as a hope, but as fact. As as literal fact, he came, he died, he rose. Like I saw it happen, you know, I saw his death, you know, he, he, he was resurrected, he came and appeared to me, you know, maybe I was one of the 500 that he came to, you know, that, that he appeared before at once. You know, if you were one of those people, you actually were there like in the mix, in the fold as all these events were taking place. So your viewpoint of Jesus was very, very real. And it was very much a fact. But even still, you know, just like we now, like, open up a history book, right? And you read about, you know, the French Revolution or the American Revolution. And you read about, you know, Paul Revere. You know, there, is, there probably isn't, or there isn't anyone in today that, kn- that knew Paul Revere personally. But we can all read about him. We can all read about his life. And we're not looking forward. We're not in like the 1500s and somebody is, you know, prophesying about Paul Revere. And everybody's like, oh, this guy sounds really cool. Like maybe he'll come and do all these crazy things, you know, in the American Revolution and, you know, all that kind of stuff. No, we're looking back on Paul Revere's life as fact. 
We're looking back on the things that he did as fact. So our lens, our viewpoint is very different from someone that might be looking forward. Well, it's the exact same thing with Jesus and the Christological lens. But the way that I like to use the word Christological lens, actually, as I as I usually like to play kind of fast and loose with our dictionary, is I will use it to apply to everyday life. So I will actually use the term Christological lens to apply to the filter that I try to run everything that I see in my life through. And the reason why I'm bringing that up here in this context is for me and this whole circular business and this snowball business and this momentum business and all these different business that we are dealing with it's very rooted in the Christological lens. Very much so. And here's what I mean. So for me, as I learn more about the gospel, as I learn more about Jesus' life, as I learn more about God's word and what he has to tell me about him, I then take that and I use it to examine my own life. And the thing that becomes oftentimes painfully clear to me is just how badly I need Jesus, just how much I've fallen short, just how badly I need him and his perfection and his righteousness to even give me a chance. I mean, forget being holy and forget being righteous and forget being any of that, but just to give me a chance, man, just to give my sinful heart just a chance at any kind of redemption He's the only way. And so when I spend time thinking or praying about these different things, it makes me very aware of my need for Jesus. And to me, that's looking through the Christological lens. And a lot of times this is referred to as a gospel grid too. Some of you might be familiar with that where it's kind of a cross that grows. And it you know the, the distance between the, the two ends of the cross is measured by you know how much you need Jesus. And this is the same thing. I'm just kind of, you know, finding a different metaphor and a different way to explain pretty much the same thing. But the other side of this momentum and snowball and Christological lens is this. The more that I learn about the gospel and the more that I spend time in God's word and the more that I examine not so much my own heart but just the world around me, the people that I see, the places that I go, the things that I might do, man, I just become so aware of God's abundant blessings on this world, on this earth. I just become so aware that Jesus is all around me all the time. He is everywhere, man. He is in everything. Like, I know it might sound kind of silly, but it's like, no, he's with you when you're making breakfast. Like, no, he's there. He cares about that. He's with you when you're stopped at a red light. He's there. You know, he's with you when you are playing with your children. I mean, he is. I mean, he is absolutely with me when I'm playing with Penelope and Eli. I mean, I could go off on a huge tangent with that in terms of my love for them and God's love for me and that parallel and how it's, you know, there is a parallel and yet it's so different on so many levels. And so it's just, he is everywhere. And so 
you know, if you guys take anything away from this podcast, you know, I really hope it's that you maybe have a different way of thinking about the gospel and how it applies to your daily life. And just to recognize that there's a tremendous amount of momentum that can be built up over time. There is momentum in recognizing your need for Jesus. And there is momentum in recognizing all the things that he does for you and for me and for all of us every single day. And here's maybe the coolest part about all of that. Whether you look at the momentum that might be built up in this little snowball that we now have, whether you look at that and you see your need for Jesus, the cool thing is, with his perfection, there's a lot of hope, man. There's a lot of hope at the end of that path. Now maybe you look at the momentum and you look at the snowball and you look at all of that and you see Jesus all around you. Maybe the first thing that you recognize isn't your need for Jesus. Maybe not in this moment, but you'll you'll see that eventually. I'm sure of it, just because we all will. But maybe you see an appreciation for his abundance all around us. Well, you know what's really cool about that? That also leads to a lot of hope. And so, when I think about the momentum, and I think about the snowball, and I think about the gospel, and I think about applying it every single day, I am left with just this overwhelming sense of hope. And I hope that in some small way, you guys might be too, here today through God. And so that's it, man. That's all I got for you guys. I will uh, I'll see you guys next time for the next podcast. And in the meantime, man, God bless. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much. If you wanted to take 10 seconds and hop on over to iTunes and leave me a rating, you can five-star it, you can one-star it, but you obviously should five-star it. Write me a review. Man, that would mean so much to me. I would be so appreciative. And, uh, yeah, that's it. God bless you guys.